Hi everyone, I hope you all are doing well this week. For this week's episode, as you can probably tell by the title, I wanted to talk about competitive bodybuilding. I know this topic seems a little bit out of the realm of what I normally cover because I try to gear most of my content towards people like me or beginners that are starting out their fitness journeys, but this episode is kind of solely for my personal interest. I really enjoy pushing my body. That's something that I've talked about on this podcast a lot before, and that's one of the reasons that I really enjoy competing. And by competing, I mean I did a Spartan race in the past, and then in terms of martial arts, I never really competed, but it was kind of that same realm of non-quote-unquote non-traditional movement when it comes to what we see most, I guess, in the U.S. in terms of training. A lot of athletics are promoted, and I would say martial arts isn't necessarily promoted in school environments, outside of school environments, yes. Um, but basically, I, I just like seeing what I can do and what I can get my body to do. And when it comes to competitions, I think there's a few different ways you can do that. There's, of course, sports when you compete in games and tournaments. And then there's marathons and triathlons and Ironmans and Spartan races. And then there's this whole other world of super intense um, when it comes to technicalities. And that is what I think competitive bodybuilding falls into. And when it comes to bodybuilding... I was just kind of thinking about how I can take myself to the next level. I'm no longer doing martial arts. It's just I can't find a studio near me and it's a lot with college right now. But I was thinking that the next thing I could potentially even get into would be bikini competitions or something of the sorts. And it's not something I'm heavily considering, but I kind of wanted to do a little bit of my own research. And there's a lot that I've been wondering because I personally, in the early 2010s, I would say around 2015 is when I really started heavily watching fitness YouTube. A lot of those YouTubers did these competitions. And so their channels were tracking their macros, showing a day in their life of workouts, bulking and cutting. Like it was very traditional bodybuilding YouTube. And I think now a more holistic view on health is becoming more common. So a lot of these people are doing what I eat in a day is and it's, it's not tracking your macros. It's intuitive eating. And it's not just lifting heavy weights. It's Pilates and intentional movement and things like that. But I think the community for competitive bodybuilding is still going very strong. But I think that a lot of people realized the harms that come with that culture and that community. And I'm not saying that competitive bodybuilding is a bad thing. But the reason that this more holistic view of health, I think, came about and the reason that I'm not heavily considering going that route is because there's definitely a toxic side to competitive bodybuilding. So I was wondering... How does that happen? Is there a way to prevent yourself from spiraling down that path? And what is competitive bodybuilding? So I guess we can start there. Um, If you have watched fitness YouTube before or you know anything about competitive bodybuilding, you might have heard of IFBB Pro competitions. And these are the most popular bikini and bodybuilding competitions that most people participate in. IFBB stands for the International Federation of Bodybuilding and Fitness. And directly from their website, it is about looking your best. It requires intense muscle definition to win one of these competitions. It's all about your posture. A lot of people do tan, and that is something that they've been criticized for. I don't want to give my own opinion on that, but the tanning is not for aesthetic purposes in terms of trying to make them look more quote unquote exotic. It is so it highlights their muscle definition because it highlights basically the tan will sit in all of the contours so you can see all of their different muscles that they've worked so hard to get. 
It is about physique and most importantly, it is about symmetry. So it's very important that your muscles look equal and the same on both sides of your body, which I think is surprisingly a lot harder to achieve than most people think, especially as you get into heavier weights. I personally noticed that I do have a stronger arm. I do have a stronger leg. One of my legs does get more sore when I do leg workouts than the other. And that's just because that is my weaker leg. And naturally as humans, I think we're prone to using one side of our bodies more than the other in the sense of, um, I think like dominant side is very promoted here. Everything is what's your dominant arm. I'll give you a flu shot in the other arm. That's a whole nother conversation. But um, basically symmetry is really important is where I was trying to go with that. So how does competition work? What is the training process? This is something that's very common in the fitness world, not just for like bodybuilding competitions, but kind of in general. And that is the process of cutting and bulking. Now, bulking is basically a muscle growth stage. So people will eat a lot, um, eat over their maintenance calories, and they will lift very heavy. Cutting is a process of leaning down. So that's when they really intensely start tracking their macros, make sure that they're in a caloric deficit so they can lose any extra fat that they've put on. And they're training in a different way because obviously you're not eating your maintenance anymore. In a lot of the YouTube videos I've watched and in a lot of the articles I've read as well on this topic, things can get really intense as you get closer to competition. So a lot of people that I have watched go to extreme lengths to get rid of any sort of water weight. Water weight is often what you see when you get bloated because your body is just holding on to a bunch of extra water. It's why a lot of people have weight fluctuations. Even if your diet is the same week to week, even if you eat the same thing every single day, a lot of people hold water weight. It's, it's really common. And bodybuilders will go to extreme lengths to get rid of that because of course that is covering up any muscle that you have underneath. One of the things that I have seen is the process of increasing and decreasing your body temperature rapidly. So you sweat out all of that excess water. The ways that people do that are ice baths and then sitting in the sauna and then ice baths and sitting in the sauna. And that is back to back. This isn't like you take an ice bath one day and then the sauna the next. And this is usually something you do right kind of the day before or the day of competition to just like get yourself, lose all of that extra water weight. But still you are basically just dehydrating your body. And Believe me when I say if you haven't seen any sort of content from one of these competitions, these people look incredible. Their muscles, I mean, maybe that's a personal opinion because I'm like, I love the fitness world. I love seeing what people can do. Their muscles are insane. They have so much definition. It's crazy. They look incredible. But I kind of was questioning whether or not this is toxic. And the reason that I was questioning that is because after these competitions, they'll take videos of themselves binge eating, not binge eating. I guess that's a bit of a strong word for it, but eating a ton of quote unquote unhealthy food that they starve themselves from while they were training. And I don't believe that it is a problem to starve yourself from things or not starve yourself, but um, restrict certain foods if you are working to a specific goal. The fact of the matter is when I was training for my Spartan, I was eating so much more food. I was eating different types of food. I had to maintain high energy for my training sessions. That's just how it works. If you're training for something specific, you have to eat to train for that. And that is why I emphasize diet a lot, not because I think that you need to cut out foods, but just to make sure you're, for a lot of people, I think it's just incorporating more of specific foods into their diet rather than getting rid of things. 
So I'm sitting here wondering what's the tea because I know that I've been in places in the past with eating that were not the healthiest and I didn't have the best relationship with food. And I could tell because I would be hungry at night. And I've talked a little bit about hunger pangs and set point weight and things like that. But I'm wondering, how do these people recover from competitions? And how do you get your body back to where it was before in terms of, first of all, mentally seeing yourself with that much muscle and definition and then going back to being a normal human being? Because no matter what anyone tells you, that is not sustainable at all. Um, And that's what I want to talk about right now. Elite female athletes are not recommended to have a body fat percentage below 12 to 14%. But when you look at the women in these competitions, it is not uncommon for them to have body fat percentages below 10%. And with that drop in body fat comes a reduction in a hormone called leptin, which is important for appetite regulation. So that is why a lot of times when you see these people competing, Afterwards, they'll talk about how it's messed up their body because they no longer know when they're hungry because they were restricting restricting themselves so much that now either they're constantly hungry or their body just doesn't know when it wants food. And I think that this is part of the reason that this culture of tracking your macros and competing has gone away from the internet a little bit just because I think it got a lot of backlash. And then also from within the community, I think people realize that It was being pushed a little too hard and it wasn't sustainable and it wasn't made for everyone. Leptin tells us when we're full and if it's low, it can make you tired and irritable. But again, it just entirely dysregulates your appetite if you're low in leptin. Um, And I think that another major issue, as I was talking about before, is just that transition from being super lean to now looking like a normal person who carries fat in certain parts of their body. And body dysmorphia is a huge issue amongst bodybuilders, both men and women, because you look in the mirror and you know your potential and you're not there every single day because it's not sustainable to be there every single day. One of the first things that people do when they get off that stage, and this is what kind of prompted me to look into this a little bit more, is to have a quote unquote normal meal. So have a donut or a burger or something that's perfectly fine to eat in every single in everyday life, but that they restricted themselves for a year or two years while they were in the process of training for this competition. Because your body has been in starvation mode for so long, it then holds on to that food store and stores it as fat. After that, Of course, if you start gaining weight so rapidly after being so shredded and lean, that can lead to extreme dieting. And I think that this is how people kind of spiral off. So, of course, there's a lot of people that are competitive bodybuilders that are able to train for a competition, do really well, go back to normal, train again, back to back to back. And I just don't think it's for everyone and I don't think it's sustainable. This is where I kind of get left in a weird place. And honestly, I would love to hear other people's opinions on this if they are willing to DM me on Instagram or even just interact with me on other forms of social media. But I don't know if it's time that we stop these competitions at the same time because I still think it's really cool. Like maybe it's just that little fitness part of me that's like, I wish I could do that despite knowing all these harms because it's insane. Like it's just incredible to look like that, whether or not you win or lose the competition because you have officially gotten your body as shredded as it can possibly be completely naturally. And I think that it would be so cool to experience that for once in your life. But I also see how that for the rest of your life can put you on this downward spiral of constantly feeling like you are not there every single day when even when you know it's not possible to be. I don't know if this episode was a little bit sad towards the ending, um, 
but I definitely think that it's important to question things before doing them, especially when there's a fad culture around it or when there's like a a community surrounding it because sometimes people within the community don't question. And I think that it's important before you join something to really look at what you're doing. I hope today's episode was helpful. I'm really excited for next week's episode. I think that it is probably going to be about competition in the workplace and in internships. And I want to get a lot of people's takes on it. So um, join me back here next week for another Finance Friday.